We're talking money, but without the filters. It's the one thing that none of us can escape, but that we still can't talk about without cringing. I'm Victoria, millennial financial advisor. And I'm Ellie, money coach and founder of This Girl Talks Money. Each week, we'll be having a no-holds-barred conversation about real-life money. Nothing's off limits here, so grab yourself a coffee or a cheeky glass of wine and settle on in. This week, we're talking to Louise Rumble, founder of Open House. Louise is super passionate about developing a next generation therapy solution for those who will never enter the traditional therapy room, but are able to engage from home instead. This also benefits hundreds of therapists who hit the glass ceiling of only being able to help so many patients in one go. With a background in brand and marketing, working at the forefront of the wellness industry, creating, launching and scaling disruptive brands, Louise is really passionate about creating something that can help shift the entire therapy industry. So let's get into the conversation. Louise, honestly, it's so great to have you here. I've been so excited to have this chat and we're going to jump straight in. Here's where I want to start. One thing I found really striking that I read on your website was that you were 30 years old before you went to therapy. And I know that once you started, you never look back. One thing I'm wondering is, if you could go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, knowing what you know now, would you push your younger self to go to therapy sooner? Or do you think that you went at the right time and we all kind of have to go on our journey and we and reach that kind of tipping point that forces us to actually get some help and take some action yeah great question so I think I'm conflicted on this one because yes you know I very much believe you have to go on the journey that you're going on to learn the lessons that you do however I really did hit a big tipping point and it was like a number of years leading up to a great deal of stress and and then I basically went, I guess what you could call through like a meltdown or, or some kind of breakdown when everything just got way too much. So, you know, it was a tipping point and it was a really bad tipping point and it really, really threw me off. So I would love people to avoid getting to that point, you know, climbing the roller coaster to the point where it's like, oh, my God, we're at the top now. And now we're going to we're going to go. Um, if I could talk to my 20 year old self. Yes, you know, I would, she would need to be in therapy already in an ideal world, but actually going back even further, which is something that people never talk about, is that I think actually we should be in therapy before we're 20. And I'm sure we'll come to this in the episode, but so much of who we are is developed in childhood. And, you know, it sounds ridiculous and I'm sure people will be rolling their eyes at this or laughing, but I actually think that if as children we were given a safe space to learn how to communicate what we feel and what we think, we would live in a different world. Because I look back and I say this, it was only that I turned 30, started going to therapy that I even was able to have these conversations, let alone looking back at my 20s or younger when I just did not have the tools. Gosh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot there to think about and that we will dive into, as you say. But one big issue when it comes to this conversation about therapy is you know we're living in a world where mental health is much more discussed it's much more commonplace and we're becoming more and more comfortable talking about mental health but therapy still isn't accessible for so many people and you know 
I'm just wondering whether you know what is the average cost of therapy and doing this work and over what period of time can we expect to need it could we be needing it for a lifetime it's expensive you're right it's very inaccessible and I actually got a great deal of guilt when I first started going to therapy that I was able to self-fund it and that my parents were able to help me as well Sessions can cost anywhere between, I think on average, I'd say 50 to 150 pounds per session. My first therapist was 150 pounds. He was on Harley Street. My therapist now is not based in London. So definitely if you're happy to go remote and not meet them in person, they don't need to potentially be near where you live. If you're living in London, it's obviously going to be more expensive. Then you could definitely pay less. I now pay 80 pounds an hour. But I also know that it can be even more expensive than that. And my ex-boyfriend paid £250 an hour for his therapist. Now, he had that on insurance, so it was less of a cost impact to him. But I do not have private healthcare insurance. I do not work for a company that provides that for me. So for me, having to self-fund it, the cost has definitely been, you know, a great the cost has definitely been something that I've really had to swallow and, and incorporate into my, my budgets. In terms of time and how long people need to go for, I think it's so person dependent. So again, in an ideal world, I would love to be in therapy for a lifetime because it's not just about things going wrong. It's also about how to be more comfortable in yourself and how to deal with the day-to-day life better and, and whatever is coming your way. But I would say that particularly if cost is an issue, it's always great to go into therapy with a number of objectives. So, for example, if you're going in with a specific issue or concern, which most people will be, whether that's something like anxiety, depression, phobias, panic attacks, or whether it's something more specific in terms of sort of grief, infidelity, relationships, career, you know, whatever that thing is, it's good to have some end goals in terms of where you want to get to so you can put a time frame on it. It can just be an ongoing thing, though. And for me right now, I couldn't imagine not having my therapist. So it's it can be quite scary becoming reliant on something that is a real added cost to your life. Yeah, actually, I feel exactly the same way. Like it's something that I spend a lot of money on as well. And I guess and it, it like it's a big part of my budget. But I guess it is so personal, like you say, and it just comes down to how much you value it. Um, and like how much value is adding to your life at, at that specific time. One thing you said, which of course, like we all know really well, is that often people go to therapy with like a specific issue, either they're like having terrible anxiety or panic attacks or or some they've had some sort of trauma or something's happened in their life and they need some help dealing with it. But in terms of people who don't necessarily have something so pressing on their mind, do you think that, everyone can benefit from therapy in some way or another and do you think there's anyone specifically who therapy is most beneficial for yeah so I think the people that it's most beneficial for are the ones that have uh, a mental health challenge that is interfering with their day-to-day life so whether that is uh, health anxiety or phobia or you know anxiety depression something that is interrupting the way that you live your life I think it is most beneficial for those people because we all deserve to live a life that is content and happy and fulfilled. And sometimes when you are dealing with those things, it is very, very difficult to live your day to day life. However, absolutely everyone can benefit from therapy. And 
for me, I say very, very frequently that I say that therapy made me a better person generally. So it made me a better daughter. It's made me a better friend. It's made me a better partner, a better boss, you know, whoever I work with, whatever context I'm in, I think it's made me a better person. And when I say better, that actually just means more self-aware because by going to therapy, it allows you to unpack the layers and the things that you pick up over years and years and decades And actually, when you do that, you can start to see why you act in certain ways and how you act always influences the people around you. So when you have some awareness as to who you are and why you are that way, it can just be more conducive to better relationships all around. So, yes, if anyone is listening to this or anyone that doesn't have a specific concern, just increasing that self-awareness will just show up so much in all areas of your life in a really really positive way yeah and I think what's quite funny is that often the very people who kind of think I don't need therapy or therapy is not something I would ever need or ever want or I think is worthwhile for anybody they're often the people that I think can be the least self-aware 100% and I've always found that the people that are most resistant to it are the people that are most resistant to the pain that they're holding and it's quite funny you know as I become more friendly with people or if I start to date people a lot of people around me will start to go to therapy and they they were so resistant initially and they were like I don't need therapy you know I don't understand why people do therapy and then three months later they're like hey so I I think I'm going to go to therapy and obviously I just act like really relaxed and casual about it but inside I'm like yeah I told you so (laughs) yeah absolutely I mean I totally get it like there are so many reasons you can tell yourself why you're not going to do it and then once you start to do it then it's it's great and you know on the plus side, we're in 2021. There are lots of other resources out there now, way more than there used to be, which uh, are there to help us to help ourselves. Um, so even if you can't go to therapy um, because you can't afford it, you don't have the means, then there are podcasts, books, online courses, etc. And I guess my question to you is, do you think any of these can do a good job for those people who can't fund therapy week in week out and if so which are the best ones where do we find those yeah 100 there is so much value out there you just have to go and look for it so again i think it comes back to working out what is the problem or what is the real pain point that you're dealing with once you understand the pain point you can then go and look for the resources so for example if you deal with something like intrusive thoughts or ocd or anxiety there are lots of free tapping videos on youtube and tapping is a type of therapy that essentially um calms your nervous system and helps to regulate your emotions so they don't run away with you as they do in those kinds of situations there's lots of other things out there books are generally very very helpful and I have found that there have been two books in particular that have been revolutionary for me that I recommend to so many people because I truly believe that if I had not been so lucky as to be able to get into a therapy room that I do think that these two books would have done probably 85% of the work for me. So those two books are, the first one is called How to Redefine Your Life. And it looks at how we pick up things in childhood that basically become personality traits in adulthood and they become things called life traps and they just repeat and repeat and repeat. 
The second book is by Russell Brand. It's called Freedom from Our Addictions. And it helps us to understand exactly why we engage with the things that we do. So drinking, smoking, drug taking, online shopping, exercise, porn, you know, whatever it is that people use it as, as a distraction, this book kind of helps you not only to understand why you do it, but also how to sort of break down those cycles. So for me, the short answer is yes, there's lots of great resources out there, but it is a case of finding ones that really relate to what you need. And also it will always be, unfortunately, a little bit of trial and error. I have, like many people, lots and lots and lots of books that I've bought and the vast majority of them haven't hit the spot for me. But then when you find the ones that do, you know, it's $9.99 that you've spent and it will save you hundreds, if not thousands of pounds in therapy. Yeah, thank you so much for those. I mean, I agree with you. Like, you've got to just find a book that really speaks to you. But actually, um, I guess anyone who's seen you who resonates with the content that you put out, they're probably very likely to, to get some benefit from these books. I'm going to sort of like Amazon Prime them right now. Um, I want to kind of ask you a slightly different question, um, not necessarily based around therapy, but more on the pressure we face in society today. And I guess everyone's, you know, comes from a different place, but we three, and probably a lot of our listeners, uh, have lived our lives thus far in a society where we feel a lot of pressure to look good all the time. We are constantly bombarded with images of airbrushed superstars who have a glam team following them around everywhere, plastic surgery, the best beauty treatments, etc., And the pressure is high and it's constantly in our face. Do you think it's possible when we live in this world to overcome feeling that pressure? Because I sort of have a feeling that you kind of have to take yourself out of the environment completely if you don't, or that's my only sort of solution is to take myself out of the environment in order to not feel the pressure but that seems quite extreme and a bit sad if you know your friends and family and the people you love live in that world what what are your thoughts can we overcome the feeling of this pressure in our society and still live in it and participate in it yeah great question and something that definitely I've also dealt with you know a lot throughout my whole life I've been very I've been on a very roller coaster journey with all of these things and I think I grew up uh, in a society as well and a very pushy school and you know career where constantly I was needing to be better or people around me were better or thinner or prettier and it's definitely something that has really really stuck with me and is still a big part of my personality today the more stressed I get my coping mechanism is to do more so for some people, they'll avoid, they'll step back. Some people will surrender and some people will counterattack. And for me, unfortunately, my personality style and my, my temperament is to counterattack, which means go to the gym more, lose more weight, look prettier, take better photos, work harder, make more money. Now you're right, that's a horrible, horrible cycle to live in. And I was living in it subconsciously and unconsciously until I went to therapy. Can we overcome it? Yes, I think we can, but it comes back to the fundamental understanding and belief that we are 100% worthy, lovable, and acceptable just as 
we are. And if you think of a baby from the moment they're born, they are exactly themselves 100% they are loved for who they are they don't know anything about what people are thinking or saying and it's about coming back to that through therapy you know removing the layers I'd love to say that I think you could just get rid of it and never think about it never worry about it ever again you're right it's a pervasive pressure in society though so I think it takes a lot of ongoing work and a lot of self-reflection so yes I think it's possible I personally haven't got there yet but I would definitely say that I am en route to doing so and being more comfortable with who I am than I was before. If I get there, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> but I mean, even when you're talking, like just just talking about kind of feeling worthy and accepted just as you are, like to me, and I'm sure to so many people, I've been doing therapy for a year now, and that still seems like a very foreign concept that's just so far away. But I suppose even just to feel yourself moving closer to it. And, and if you have through all the work you've done, I think that's that's optimistic and gives some hope for sure. Yes, hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, the work is definitely worth it, but sometimes it can be like, this feels like an uphill battle or like I'm just swimming in a never ending ocean. But then you come into contact with situations where someone will do something and actually you'll assert a boundary that you would never have asserted before, or you'll do something or you won't respond to something that you would have responded to before. So I think actually it's the small wins along the way that you can actually really see your personality and your temperament and your responses changing over time. Yeah. I mean, and you touched on a few of the different things that you've done, um, things that you would recommend, different types of therapy um, that there are out there. And it is tricky because the cost of looking and feeling good is increasing all of the time. But from your experience, um, from all the things that you've experienced and tried, where do you think is most important? Or would you recommend people kind of concentrate their money if they've got a limited amount of resource? Is it worth going for a handful of therapy sessions or are there other ways that you can try to help yourself start this journey that may be more cost efficient? So we are seeing more cost efficient options and opportunities coming to market. So for example, there's a company called BetterHelp and you can get unlimited therapy with them for $180 a month. So not sure of the conversion, but that's probably around £150. Now for unlimited therapy that is amazing. But I have friends that really, really need to do that. And even though there is this slightly more affordable option, they're still not willing and ready to jump in. So I think it's very interesting to see that yes, things are becoming more accessible and more cost effective. But you need to be ready to get on this journey before you jump in, if that makes sense. Yes, I think there's so much value in going into therapy and maybe just doing like an eight to 12 week deep dive, going in with a list of saying, these are my pain points. These are the things that cause me the most pain in my life, the things that show up the most. You know, what do you argue about? What keeps you up at night? What are you scared about in the future? What are you worrying about in the past? Take them to your therapist and go deep dive into them. I think as well, if you say to the therapist, I am budget restricted, I can only afford eight to 12 sessions. So I really want to go hard and fast into this. And you know, you need to be very gentle with yourself whilst you're doing this, because if you're going quickly due to budget restrictions, it will be bringing up a lot of stuff. But I think that there are 
free and low cost ways of being able to support that journey as well. You know, free journaling. When you come out of a therapy session, maybe you're upset, maybe you're not, but you certainly will be starting to release things. That's free, you know, start journaling what's coming out. Sometimes when we unlock the padlock, so to speak, it kind of releases and and then we need to keep bringing it out. So yes, I would always say if there is a way that you can get into therapy, 100% do it. Actually, one one question I have off the back of that is, because I I totally relate to that. Sometimes if you come out of a therapy session and it's been really heavy or maybe you've just uncovered something, it's a really good opportunity to sit down and sort of journal it or, or just kind of take stock of what you've just processed or what's just come up for you. And I'm aware that like, especially in the city of London, because I used to work there, a lot of people would be offered kind of free CBT sessions through work and it would just be like okay I'll just pop out the office run for an hour and then it's straight back to the desk and I wonder if you have any thoughts around like programming or kind of scheduling therapy at a time that's good for you in the week like do you think it's better to do it as far away from work time as possible or as far away from like home or relationship time? Yes, I think we need to feel very safe when we go into this. So I definitely know that if I feel like someone is listening to me, you know, when I used to live with my ex-boyfriend, if he was in the next room, I never felt like I went quite as deep as I do on my own. So I think it's very, very important to have a safe space, you know, not doing it in the bathroom at work or, you know, doing it on a on a walking round the block tour. That safe space is critical. And yes, the deeper you go, it really, really can bring up a lot. Now, you know, not every session does that. But my last therapy session, I was bawling my eyes out and I went into it thinking oh you know I've had such a good few weeks I don't have anything to talk about and literally within 10 minutes I was like crying my eyes out so I'm lucky that I work from home I have a flexible schedule I always block out at least two hours after it not even to do nothing but just so I don't have to take a phone call don't have to be on zoom you know in case you're like puffy eyed or whatever I definitely think that building some space around the session if possible is a great idea. I know that's difficult when you perhaps are in an office job, but exploring options with your therapist, they will understand this and they will try and accommodate you. So yeah, definitely try and find a safe space and give yourself a little bit of time after the session. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. And in terms of your podcast, Open House, which I know aims to bring the benefits of therapy to a much wider audience from their own homes, um, can you tell us a little bit more about Open House? How, where do you see the future of Open House and therapy more generally? Yeah, absolutely. So Open House basically came out of my own personal experience, which was that I went to one-on-one therapy. I felt very lucky that I was able to self-fund it. It was revolutionary for me. And I just started to think of how many hundreds of thousands. I mean, actually, there's 1.6 million people currently on the NHS waiting list for mental health support. million and that is without the people that have not made it into the doctor's surgery because they have not gone through something like major grief, major divorce, you know, the really things that we consider to be big T trauma. So it was in that moment that I just realized, oh my goodness, I need to do something here. And then building on what I said about better help, that even though there are low cost options, and yes, we're gonna be seeing more and more of them come out, which is amazing. I still think that one of the challenges is the one-on-one 
part of the therapy. I think that people are scared to open the door. They're scared for the intensity of talking to a stranger, you know, perhaps meeting them through Zoom because of the pandemic. So my goal with Open House is that I basically want to redefine the way that we approach therapy. And I want to make it essentially the same as sitting down for coffee with your best friends, talking about your ex-boyfriend, but doing it with a professional who can guide you through it. So not sure where it's going to go just yet, but we're definitely looking at doing all kinds of workshops and courses and live therapy events and stuff like that in terms of specific topics and things that people need help with. Because I also think that not only the connection to a therapist, but also the connection to others is critical. It's been proven that human connection is one of the most important things to help overcome mental health challenges. And so many of us suffer alone. So I'm hoping that there'll be a community aspect to it as well, because a problem shared truly is a problem halved. I love that. And I think that is so, so powerful that, you know, like you say, that community aspect, how much talking about these things can help us to help ourselves. And thank you so, so much for sharing all of that. Where can we find you if we want to find out more information about Open House and follow what you're you're doing with that? Oh, yes, absolutely. So you can find the Open House podcast on Apple and Spotify. You just need to search for Open House, all one word, with Louise Rumble. You can find Open House on Instagram at Open House Life. And you can find me on Instagram at I am Louise Rumble. And if you find me on there, you should be able to get access to all and anything that I'm coming up with as we go along. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for being on. It's been fabulous to talk to you. And no doubt we will have to do a part two because I think we've not even scratched the surface today. Yeah, so much more to talk about. Thank you so much for having me on. I absolutely love what you two are doing. It's amazing. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. So if you ever want to do a part two, I'll be back 100%. Thank you.